0: Thank you again to the band for their help again this morning. Let's just pause and take time to commit our teaching program to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, as we commence this new series of teaching, we pray our Father that you'd speak to each of us individually and as a congregation of your people. We pray, our Father, that it may not be for us an academic exercise or just looking for interesting tidbits. But our Father, Father, we may feast upon your Word, learn and grow. Our Father, we pray for those who will be speaking over the incoming two years. We pray for the topics. We pray for the ministry committee as they finalize the details. And we'd ask for your blessing upon each and every aspect. And our Father, we pray that as we live in a land which at times is hostile to your word, that we as a congregation and as individuals may be like a tree. And so, our Father, we commit ourselves to you now in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Could I ask you to open Psalm 1, please? I should let you state that we will be looking at Psalm 1 from next Sunday evening, and we'll be looking at it in more detail over the incoming four weeks. And so this is not really an introduction to that whole psalm or even a sermon on the psalm. We'll be looking at it in more detail in the weeks that are to come. Psalm 1 and verse 1, "'Blessed is the man And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind dries away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I was a young teenager. My father was driving and we were in Japan. We were coming down the side of a mountain, well-known at that time. It led from the town of Karuizawa on the mountain peaks down to where Brook Mullen lived, Shibukawa. You say, what's the significance? it was 184 consecutive hairpin bends down the side of a cliff, winding down this massive ravine. Once you were on that road, there was no right turn, there was no left turn, there was nowhere else to go. You just followed the bends down. You followed the car in front. We came around the bend, and the car in front was gone. There was nowhere to go. We rapidly pulled over to the side, and by this time, others had also joined us. And when we looked over that precipice, the car had gone over the side. And not only had the car gone over the side, but it had dropped about 20 feet. Bearing in mind, the precipice was hundreds of feet. And in those days, they made cars properly. They gave them real bumpers not the plastic nonsense yet today, chrome bumpers. And this large chrome bumper, which surrounded the front of the car, jammed on a sapling like that, between the wing and the bumper. And I do use the word a sapling. It was a tree of about that size. And it was holding the whole car. We made a human chain to down the side of the ravine to pull out three children and the father. But we were worried. Would the roots hold? Would the roots hold? It was only a small tree. And don't get the idea that the whole of the bank was covered in trees. They were intermittent around the place. And this tree, would the root hold? And that's what we are wanting to focus on over the next two weeks. Will our roots hold? And how do we develop solid roots that in a hostile environment, which is becoming increasingly hostile, and as we mentioned, Jim is going to be moving into that area of apologetics we mentioned in the first service and taking on that role. We need to pray for him. We need to pray and consider him as he puts his head above the parapet. And there we have got to have roots as individuals and as a congregation which hold. This phrase, he shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, has been put into song and is well known. It even became the words and the song of those who are old enough to remember the protest movement of the 60s. Yes, I do remember it. And we're saying this. And so these words give the image of a large tree planted beside a stream. But that's wrong. That's not what the image is. Yes, we have, as on the screen behind me, and that's how we see it but how did it be how was it seen by the people who read this in an arid land in desert land a land which was very hostile to growth and to development he shall be planted planted it didn't just grow there. It didn't just suddenly, as we know trees can do, shed its seed across miles and drop there, and suddenly it was deliberately planted. It is a picture here of one who is in charge, lifting a potential tree, which they see in a hostile environment, digging it around the roots and lifting it out of that hostile environment and moving it across and putting it in a place where it can grow. It is planted. God lifted the tree. And God has lifted you and me, each of us as Christians, out of a hostile environment, out of a world which is corrupt, a world which is under the influence of evil and Satan. And a world that was just contaminated with sin. And he's, he said, I want you to be different. I want you to stand differently. And he has lifted us out of that environment. And he has placed us into a new environment. He's given us a new birth. He's given us a new hope. He's given us eternal life. He's lifted us out. And he has planted us and it says he shall be like a tree planted by a river of water doesn't say that it's planted by rivers of water you see what we have here is the picture of a middle eastern farm or garden If you had gone to the ancient city of Babylon, you'd have seen there that the river was taken and the river was divided into three and then channels were built and those channels moved into the city and they were further divided and they were further divided and they were further divided so that by the time they came to individual plots of land, they could open the sluice gate and the water would flow in. It's an abundance of water covering the whole of the plain. The water is flowing. It's rivers of water. What you have here is a picture of a garden or a field that is cultivated. Isn't it interesting that the Bible starts with a tree and the Bible ends with a tree? The Bible starts with a tree that is in the Garden of Eden, and that Garden of Man was told not to eat of that tree, but it was in a cultivated landscape, and there you have rivers of water. And man sinned, and we have the downfall of man. And then we have at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation 22, we again have a river or rivers and a tree, and we have our hope our anticipation of what God's redemptive plan will eventually fulfill. And right in the middle, almost in the middle of your Bible, you have exactly the same picture. The same picture as Eden and the same picture as the New Jerusalem. You have a picture of a tree in a cultivated ground. And that's you and me today. And he says he shall be planted like a tree. A tree that is planted has roots. I love gardening. My wife will tell you if it's not raining, I'm in the garden. But I know that you can plant a tree. And I know you can do everything right. Right. And I know you can do everything you want. And the tree refuses to grow. These trees are not very cooperative at times. Sometimes the roots go into a ball and go round and round and round. Sometimes the ground isn't fertile enough on whatever. The, 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 the tree refuses to grow. And you see, what has happened is that God has taken us as a tree, and He's placed us into a fertile ground, and He's saying to us that He wants us to grow. But in order to grow, we must have roots, and those roots must be deep, and they must go into the Word of God, and we'll develop this in Sunday evenings over the incoming weeks. Deep, deep roots. Roots that are embedded, not in contemporary literature, not in contemporary music, not in, in old or modern hymns, whatever you may want it to be, but, but roots that are deep, deep in here. That is our soil. And if we don't place our roots into our soil, we don't get fed, and we don't grow and trees are very, very slow-growing. You know that. I know that. But eventually they give shade. And they give comfort. And eventually they bring fruit. You see, God wants us as individuals and as a congregation to get our roots deep into the Word of God. Deep into the Word of God to grow, mature, and bear fruit. The psalmist uses a picture of a thriving tree. i read it to you. It's in Psalm 92. The righteous will flourish like a tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will still be fresh and green. They will proclaim the Lord is upright. He is my rock. Richard, you wouldn't mind handing me that? No, I don't need, I'm just done. That's from my garden. That tree's 40 years old. 40 year old tree? It's called a bonsai. I'll talk to you about it afterwards if you're interested. But it's a 40 year old tree. Look at it. That tree is supposed to have flowers. It has never flowered. That tree is supposed to produce its fruit. It is never fruited. That tree is sustained and is living, I hope, and will continue to live in the right conditions for another 40 years. But it will never grow any bigger. But if I was to lift that tree out of that pot and plant it into the ground, it would become a 20-foot tree. Within a period of time. It would flower, and it would produce fruit. But why is it not growing? It's not growing because I've clipped the roots. The roots are cut. There's only sufficient root there. There's no depth of soil. There's no opportunity for it to be fed. It depends on me giving it a feed and watering it. And you know, all too often, we're bonsai Christians, we're bonsai churches. I talk about myself as much as you and me as a congregation. In order to grow like a tree, we need our roots to be deep, stable, secure, and strong, like my opening illustration, strong enough to hold a falling car, imagine, strong enough to meet the issues that we are going to face, possibly over the next two years, decade, we know strong enough as individuals in our individual lives to look at the issues that will trouble us and concern us and know that we have depth. But you know something? Depth doesn't come easy. And in order to grow and not be a bonsai Christian, we have to feed and depend upon the Word of the living God. Let's pray. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, we thank you for the words of the psalmist. We thank your Father that right in the middle of your word, you encourage us to grow, to plant our roots deep into your living word, the word upon which we can have absolute trust and faith. And our Father, help us to grow and produce fruit and leaf and branch that reaches out across the globe we'd ask our Father for your blessing upon us as a congregation for each and every individual who has gathered here this morning in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus.